There are some cases where there is like significant amount of chronic inflammation and somebody could actually be iron anemic, but their ferritin looks normal. So that's why we need to look at other blood work in order to determine and other markers to determine whether or not there's an iron need. It's a blood work patterns episode. Back in 2022, I decided to share some blood work patterns and really teach you a couple of inside tips on how to understand your blood work. So we started this back in February 15th, 2022. If you're looking for episodes in regards to blood work, perhaps you have copies and you just want to follow along. Um, There's another episode from March 15th of 2022 and then April 19th of 2022. You can literally go through the archives and find these ones. And then around that time, I decided to start sharing actual audio files that I share with clients when they work with me. Sometimes we go deep down the rabbit hole on various audios, and I thought it'd be really fun to take you along with me. So back in April, we started doing that. Then we had an episode June 21st of 2022 on blood work patterns, July 19th, 2022. And then we took like a significant break. And I'm back with another episode sharing blood work patterns, this time about iron, ferritin, and inflammation. So before we get started with today's episode where I'm sharing the audio files that I literally give a client after I've gone through their blood work, of course, I've removed their name and any identifiers. Okay, let's call this woman Susan. Um, So Susan's blood work, we're going to go through it in a moment. But before we do, I want to educate you a little bit more on iron because this is a common thing. You'll go to your doctor. They'll say your ferritin is low. Go on some iron. This happened to me multiple times with multiple practitioners because my ferritin was sitting around 35 and I didn't know at the time, but a ferritin of around 35, usually between 25 ish to around 45. In addition to Other blood work patterns, including asonophils, which are elevated, basophils, which are elevated, and monocytes, which are elevated, and perhaps a couple of other markers, including some nutrients that are needed, it can be a good sign of parasites. And so by giving somebody with a lower than normal ferritin that's not like super low, that doesn't show any other signs of iron anemia, their hemoglobin is fine, their TIBC, UIBC iron saturation is fine. If they have parasites, will literally feed the infection and make you feel worse. And this happened to me, wasn't pleasant. And it's one of my favorite things to educate on because it affected me so deeply. And I know how bad it sucks when you go on iron and you shouldn't. So if you have recent blood work, I encourage you to follow along as I share a little bit about this before we get to quote unquote Susan's audios. Okay. So TIBC. If we really, really need iron, it will show with an elevated TIBC beyond the marker, the lab markers generally. Now I use functional markers throughout all of my assessments with clients. And so sometimes my target is going to look a lot different by sometimes I mean always times it's going to look a lot different than what you see on your standard blood work. Also, if you need iron and you have an iron anemia, your UIBC will be elevated. Now, iron can go either way. The actual iron marker, it fluctuates a lot. It lowers with inflammation and infection. So if you have low iron and you also have anemias, then it could be both an infection inflammation as well as an iron anemia. But you could also have iron elevated because you are in drastic heavy metal toxicity, for example, and you could still be low in iron. 
Now, ferritin, how to know whether or not you need iron from a ferritin perspective is that that ferritin is usually going to, well, it's always going to be less than 17. That's a good way to know that you actually need iron. Now, there are some cases where there is like significant amount of chronic inflammation and somebody could actually be iron anemic but their ferritin looks normal. So that's why we need to look at other blood work in order to determine and other markers to determine whether or not there's an iron need. A really good marker that we can use is hemoglobin. When hemoglobin is below 12.5, 12, I've even seen it as low as eight, seven. These are good indications that there's some sort of anemia going on. Obviously, um, you need to look at other markers in order to determine what the actual situation is. But those are some good examples of how to know whether or not you need iron. So I want to drill in on a little bit of the ferritin piece only because, like I said, you can have iron anemia, but your ferritin can look normal or elevated. Now, I've only seen this one time. Generally, a person that has elevated ferritin will have ample amounts of iron and it's not an issue. So usually what I see in women that have already gone through menopause, perhaps you have not menstruated in three plus years, Oftentimes we can get a buildup of ferritin and this can cause a chronic inflammation situation. So it's like the inflammation is causing the elevation in ferritin and the ferritin is causing more inflammation. And so that's a pattern that we're going to talk about today in Susan's blood work. So I'm just about to share a clip with you that I recorded for Susan um, that shares her blood work markers. And I figured you would get a good amount of data from this, just listening to how we process blood work. And if you're interested in this, if you love the idea of looking at your blood work and understanding what the heck it means, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash blood work. And I've put together an entire course that teaches you the basics of how to understand your blood work. It is by far the least expensive program that I can find out there. And I give you all all of the functional ranges for your blood work. So this took me oh years to compile all of these markers and really understand what pieces to look for. I give you examples of how to go through blood work and a full bunch of videos uh, to describe how to understand your blood work. So it's a good resource to have. Again, that's healthfulpursuit.com slash blood work. We also go through a couple of uh, resources in the audios that I wanted to share with you. Biopure Minerals, as mentioned in the audio, so you can grab this from Doctor's Supplement Store. You can go to dssorders.com slash Leanne Vogel and use the registration code LK2978 if you're interested in the Biopure Minerals. I like to at least mention these things so that when you get in and you're listening, you're not like, whoa where do I get this? I can't find it anywhere. And yeah, if you really like this format and you're looking for a practitioner to guide you through understanding your blood work from a functional perspective, I would love to help you with that. You can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash coach to learn more. Okay, let's jump to today's episode. This is a recording that I made for a client after we'd graduated her from my nutrition program, and she wanted me to look at her blood work from a functional perspective a couple of years later. So let's get to it. Hey, my name is Leanne Vogel. I'm fascinated with helping women navigate how to eat, move, and care for their bodies using a low-carb diet. 
I'm a small town holistic nutritionist turned three-time international best-selling author turned functional medicine practitioner offering telemedicine services around the globe to women looking to better their health and stop second-guessing themselves. I'm here to teach you how to wade through the wellness noise to get to the good stuff that'll help you achieve your goals. We're supporting your low-carb life beyond the if-it-fits-your-macros conversation. Hormones, emotions, relationship to your body, workouts, letdowns, motivation, blood work, detoxing, metabolism. I'm providing the tools to put your motivation into action. Think of it like quality time with your bestie mixed with a little med school so you're empowered at your next doctor visit. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn about your body and how to care for it better. This is the Keto Diet Podcast. And your little notes that you're taking for today's little session, top priority for you is going to be to get an iron panel. So I'm going to list off the ones that you should be asking your doctor for. So it's TIBC, UIBC, iron, and ferritin. Ideally, we want that ferritin to be below 100, between 50 and 100. If it's above 100, with a TIBC and UIBC, for the TIBC, anything below 250 is an iron overload and anything below 120 for UIBC is iron overload. But even if that ferritin is above 100, I personally, looking at this blood work, I would suggest to donate blood. I believe that you are not having a cycle. And so it could be beneficial to get on a regular schedule of donating blood first doing it once and just seeing how you do with that and how you feel. Um, and then perhaps testing your iron every three months or so, specifically ferritin and aiming to have your ferritin between 50 and hundred in order to just keep things leveled off. It's quite common when women have experienced menopause, obviously we're not bleeding anymore and therefore we have no way of getting rid of that excess blood. Um, and ferritin can build up and cause more inflammation. And because you're really fighting against inflammation, that's like the key Key piece to a lot of the things that are going on could be beneficial to bring that in. Next marker I want to talk about is your RBC. So I'm going to look at your previous. So doing a lot better on the balance here of RBC, hemoglobin, hematocrit. So that's really, really good. Uh, but that RBC is elevated. Generally, if this is the only one being elevated, um, vitamin C can be needed. And so you could bring in some vitamin C to help with that marker, bringing it down and can just be a really good marker for vitamin C need. The rest of the red blood cells look pretty good. Uh, generally, RBC, hemoglobin, hematocrit, MCV, MCH, MCHC, RDW, MPV, platelets. These are all part of our nutrient status. So really when I'm saying vitamin C, based on what I'm seeing here, that really looks like the loudest thing that we can see in the blood work is need for vitamin C. Okay. Then we look to your white blood cells. Everything looks pretty good here. I remember last time you had some funky viral or was it viral or bacterial? I can't remember. We were talking about that. Um, things have leveled off here. We do see monocytes slightly elevated. That's just basically telling us there's something going on with the body. This could generally when it's double digits, we're thinking autoimmune. So the fact that this is just like chilling it at 0.5 absolute or 8% just tells us there's, there's something going on in the body. Um, is it parasites? 
I don't know. I know that you were doing some of the cell core protocols. I'm not sure if you finished those or where you're at with that. I asked in the email, but you didn't answer that specific question, which is fine. Uh, but sometimes as we're healing, if you had just finished a cell core protocol, the monocytes could have been elevated because of that. Glucose looking so much better. Um, I know that when we had worked together, your glucose was slightly elevated, like 99, 103, that sort of area. So this is looking far better. At 91, where it is currently, I'm pretty happy with that. It's a little bit higher than what we would want. Like we'd want like 89, but I'm not overly concerned with it. Anything under a hundred and we don't really need to supplement with it, but we can start to think, okay, why is this elevated? Is it inflammation? Is it stress? Is it the adrenals? How's the liver doing? Um, and we'll answer some of these questions um, as we go. Hemoglobin A1C, don't love using, the, using this marker, so we're, it looks fine, but even if it didn't, meh. Bun, okay, so bun is elevated. Now, you mentioned that you were doing the carnivore diet. It sounds like you haven't done it like since before Christmas, so I would expect the bun to drop down from here. Generally, bun is elevated uh, due to liver or kidney imbalances, um, specifically if we see an imbalance in your sodium potassium, and we do. Your sodium is a little bit low and your potassium is a little bit high, and so that can signify some adrenal stuff going on. And oftentimes, fun that's elevated when we're not on carnivore has to do with dehydration. Let's talk about the symptoms of hypochlorhydria, also known as low stomach acid. Abdominal pain, bloating, gas, diarrhea, constipation, undigested food in your stool, acid reflux, heartburn, sound familiar? Out of all of the patterns I see in my clients' hair tissue mineral analysis and even in their blood work, low stomach acid is a huge issue. What helps stomach acid? Sodium. If you're on a ketogenic diet, chances are you are not consuming enough sodium. Now, sodium is the body's great solvent. It's a primary alkalizer and it influences stomach acid levels. If you're dealing with allergies, abdominal bloating, depression, dizziness, fatigue, low blood pressure, poor di protein digestion, like you eat some protein and it just feels like it sits in your stomach, even weakness can be because you don't have enough sodium. Now, my favorite way to boost my sodium on a daily basis is to take at least three packets of element electrolytes per day. That's a little bit hardcore for most people, but I tend to be a little bit more adrenal deficient. And so taking these electrolytes while I'm eating a low carb or even as deep as a ketogenic diet just takes things to the next level. I've been using Element here for over two years, and I can say they are the best electrolyte powder, hands down. If you've never tried Element, or maybe you just haven't found the right flavor for you, you're in luck. My friends over at Element put together a really sweet offer for us. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any order. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share them with a friend that's maybe on the fence about joining your electrolyte party. Get yours by going to drinklmnt.com slash KDP. This deal is only available through my link. So you must go to drinklmnt.com slash KDP. Element offers a no questions asked refund also. It's totally risk-free. So if you don't like it, share it with a friend and get your money back. No questions asked. Again, that's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash K-D-P. 
And this brings us to the second big thing. The first one was ferritin and getting that tested and figuring it out because inflammation. The second piece is dehydration. So if I look at your previous labs when we were working together, it's so fun that I still have these and everything. You had high albumin and your bun was actually elevated. Then it went low, then it went high again. Um, and now it's a 21 with a chronic albumin increase. Like this is 5.2 you are very dehydrated. This is like a chronic dehydration situation that's been going on for like a pretty long time, a couple of years. So key pieces here, because this isn't a back and forth kind of session, I'm just going to like brain dump a whole bunch of things at you. If you're like Leanne, I am drinking a hundred ounces of water. It's good filtered water it's like the best water. It's distilled water. I add minerals to it. It's the best kind of water. Then I'd be like, okay, well, there's something wrong. I don't think that's the case. I now, if you're drinking a hundred ounces of water, great. Your water filtration situation needs to change. Um, the best of the best when it comes to water is going to be distilled water that you add minerals to. The best minerals to add is from a company called BioPure. They make something called Matrix Minerals, and you add three to five drops in every 20 to 30 ounce bottle of water that you drink. Again, when you're drinking distilled water, you're always adding the minerals. And do that for about three months, retest your blood and see if your albumin has dropped down. We need to get on top of that hydration piece because it influences inflammation and weight and hormones and even down to the flutter that you're experiencing and the imbalance of sodium, potassium, headaches that you're having. Big, 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 big pieces, hydration, like lowest hanging fruit here is testing the ferritin, donating blood and figuring out your water filtration. You can get distilled water makers for your house, which is probably like the best option. And they're pretty inexpensive. It's like $200 for this distilled water maker. So I'm going to include in our chat, uh, just above this audio note, um, the distilled water maker. And also while you're here, I'll just see if matrix minerals is on bio pure on Amazon. So I can just send you that link also. Okay. It's not. So I'll send you uh, a link to my DSS site where you can get the matrix minerals. If you decide to do the distilled water. Um, and then I would suggest testing your, your albumin in a couple of months and seeing where you're at with that. Okay. Then we go to globulin. So this is a marker for leaky gut or digestive distress. It generally comes with an elevated bun. So the thing about functional blood chemistry is just because, you know, we were just talking about bun and albumin and dehydration, just because bun could be a marker of your dehydration. It's not to say that it couldn't also be a marker for overall gut support being needed. Now, I remember you did um, a GI test with your other practitioner quite some time ago, um, the doctor's data test. I don't like those tests. They're challenging to read. I've found them to be pretty unreliable with data. So at that point, I think what you ended up doing is like a yeast protocol it looks like there could be something going on with the gut, but my suggestion would be lower the inflammation by blood donation if it's needed and your ferritin is above 100 and your hemoglobin is between 13 and 14. You never want to donate when your hemoglobin is lower than that. 
fix the water situation and kind of see where that globulin goes. If the globulin increases, yay. If it does, doesn't, then I would suggest a GI map from Diagnostic Solutions. It's by far a better test than the, di than the doctor's data one. Okay, cholesterol. Okay, so cholesterol is a calculation of LDL plus HDL plus 20% of triglycerides. So in order to determine why the heck your cholesterol is 322, we need to first look at what's making it high. And just by process of elimination, kind of going through things, we can see that your LDL is the culprit in this situation. Okay. So LDL, uh, generally we want it to be below 160. Ideally, like in a perfect world, I want it to be below hundred. So we got some space going on here. I'm just going to take a look at your previous LDL. Yeah. So it continued to increase 154, then 186 and now it's sitting at 244. So a couple of thoughts here. We don't have a full thyroid panel from you, so we don't entirely know what's going on with your thyroid. When we don't have enough thyroid hormones, LDL will just pool up in the body and can't be used well. So basically there's just not enough thyroid hormones to clear the LDL, so the LDL just sits there. This could also be a sign of metabolic syndrome. I don't see that consistent with our triglycerides, so I don't think this is a matter of a, a metabolic issue. This could also be gut permeability, which connects to the globulin being low. Okay, so this could be a matter of gut issues. So basically increased toxic load in the gut due to like parasites, dysbiosis, metals, then forces the body to create LDL as an antimicrobial agent. LDL receptors also can be taken up by toxic compounds. And so LDL again is just like pooled in the body. And so those are usually the most common reasons why LDL is elevated, but there's one piece and I don't have enough data for you in order to determine this fully. Um, and it would require a little bit more detail, but LDL can look like this when we need B12. And uh, I'm going to look, you told me what you were taking, blah, blah, blah. Naltrexone, active estrogen without iron. That's good. Espilardi, betaine, progesterone. I don't think you're taking a B12. I don't see it listed here. I hope I'm not skimming through it. I see you're taking a vitamin C. I would increase that to like 3,000 milligrams per day based on the conversation we just had or the audio I just made for you, I guess I should say. Yeah, so it's curious to me why your B12 is pooling. So right now we have B12 super elevated. It's sitting at 1700. Sometimes this can be an intrinsic factor in the gut where your body just doesn't have the proper components to break things down. Curious to me why you're taking the betaine HCL and this B12 is still elevated. So that makes me think, is B12 elevated because you're supplementing with it? Is it elevated because of autoimmune? Is it elevated because it's um, signifying gut issues? I don't know. It would require like further investigation, but can be uh, one of the reasons why the LDL is needed. So if you tell me, oh, Leanne, I forgot, I am taking a B12, then you probably need your cofactors. So I would switch to a methylation supplement. Thorn Methylguard is usually one of the better ones. And lithium. Lithium works really good for getting the B12 lower. It's one of the cofactors that isn't put in supplementation. And usually you start off with like five, is it milligrams or micrograms? Um, let me check because I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. Yeah, milligrams. 
So five milligrams, Seeking Health Lithium Orotate is a good brand, as is Clear Labs. And you do one capsule twice daily, but start slow with this and work your way up to the two capsules daily. And that can help with the B12 pooling if you're taking B12 and it's just sitting there not being used. You've heard me talk about how important it is for my brain to be functioning well. Over all of the symptoms that people come to me with, the big one, like the one that really gets to people, is the forgetfulness and just a brain that is not working properly, like losing your keys, forgetting something at work, forgetting plans. It just, it sucks and it feels not so great. If you've gone through this, you know it does not feel good when your brain is not working well. Our sponsor, Neurohacker, has combined 28 of the most research-backed nootropic ingredients on Earth into the ultimate brain fuel formula, Qualamind. Mind, and it's been changing people's lives for years now. For help with my daily mental performance and help supporting my long-term brain health, I think Qualia Mind is indispensable. It's so cool to take a product where you don't have to wonder if it's working because I notice the difference in just days. My focus, my mood, my memory, my willpower to get things done is laser-focused. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in each ingredient's effect on supporting mental clarity. It's also backed by a 100-day money-back guarantee, so you have almost three months to try Qualia Mind at no financial risk and decide for yourself. As somebody who loves the ketogenic diet and loves the benefits that the ketogenic diet gives us to our brains, going that uptick and really using qualia mind to help with our ability to focus get things done the motivation the not losing the keys etc etc while we're on our ketogenic diet or perhaps you're one of those people where you've been eating keto and you just haven't had those same brain boosting effects that a lot of people talk about qualia mind See what the best brain fuel formula on earth can do for your mindset. Go to neurohacker.com slash KDP for $100 off. As a listener of the Keto Diet Podcast, use the code KDP at checkout for an extra 15% off your first purchase. That's neurohacker.com slash KDP to try Qualia Mind with code KDP to experience life-changing mental performance. Another piece of that LDL, I don't think this is it, but you could play around with it, is the consumption of saturated fats. Sometimes when we're on the carnivore diet, now again, it it may have been higher when you were on carnivore and this is it dropping down. I don't know. Um, the data that I do have doesn't really outline that well. But if you find like your LDL increases when you're on carnivore, it could be that you have a sensitivity to saturated fats and you need to do more of a monounsaturated fat approach. We do see your non-HDL being elevated, your total cholesterol, the HDL being elevated and your VLDL being elevated. So generally these are signs of omega-3 being needed, B12 being needed, just overall support of methylation um, and checking liver function usually. So just saying that the liver is playing a role in the LDL increase basically. The liver is playing a role in overall cholesterol processing, but I think the key piece at this point right now is that the LDL is likely, just based on what we're seeing, 
a thyroid issue, a gut permeability issue, or a toxicity issue, I would investigate the B12 piece further. Okay. Thyroid, we just have TSH. The TSH looks fine, but I've seen many TSH that look fine. And then you look at the other hormones and you're like, whoa, oh my goodness, that's lots. I don't think you're supplementing with vitamin D, um, but it is a little bit high. So that can lower our potassium and cause headaches if we're taking too much vitamin D. So just something to note. And again, your CRP looks amazing compared to where it was at a little while ago. So that's really, really good. Generally, this is more of a metabolic thing by switching the diet. Um, things can improve. So it, it looks like the things you've done since we last worked together have been helpful. I think the big, big piece is the hydration piece and the ferritin piece to lower overall inflammation. I agree with you on the root canals, wanting to get them out. Please don't rush this process and just choose anyone because I've seen crazy root canals that should not have been removed that they, the way they were. And it caused even more issues So take your time with that. I think water filtration is really, really important. Um, having amalgams will increase the LDL, um, and overall heavy metal load. So that's something to look at also. Yeah. So I hope that that was helpful and yeah, I wish you luck on all the things. Please listen to these audios as much as you'd like. That's why I record them this way. And yeah, I hope something that I shared here has been helpful. Okay. Take care. Bye. I hope you learned something from today's episode. Again, if you want to learn how to understand your own blood work, the resource there will be healthfulpursuit.com slash blood work. And if you're like, no way can I learn this on my own, I'd rather have you do it. And you're looking for a practitioner to help you along. You can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash coach. Okay. I will see you back here for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks for listening. Join us next Tuesday for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Looking for more resources? Go to healthfulpursuit.com for keto meal plans, weight loss programs, low-carb recipes, and oodles of free resources to get you going. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representation or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. 